Mark chapter 4. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand. Lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the rocky places. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves. But endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil, they're the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Mark chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, we read that the children are given the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Children are given the mysteries. But the outsiders, he speaks to them in parables. Now, this has always interested me, puzzled me a little bit. I would imagine that Jesus would speak I mean, why, the same to everyone. Why would he try to keep these outsiders out? Why, is there, it's like there's a secret code here and he's not wanting to let them in. Or is he? There's something that I didn't understand about this. And he explains a little bit. He says, seeing they don't see. Hearing they don't hear. You see, their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears are not working. They see only with their physical eyes. They only hear with their physical ears. They only treat this world as if everything happening here, this is the only place that it matters. He actually calls them dull of heart. 
And the, and the, the word dull in Hebrew, it's, it's fat. You have a fat heart. Fat was almost, a, it was a, they ate the fat. It was the best part of the meat. It was, the fat portions was considered the richness, the, the wealth. So something even about wealth tends to dull our senses, dull our heart, and make us not good soil. When we're so focused on the material world that we don't see the spiritual implications and we're not hearing his word, we're only hearing what we want to hear, things that offend us, things that irritate us. He's saying your heart is dull and you won't understand the parables. You actually are going to be an outsider. There's another reason that he speaks to them in parables. He speaks to people in parables because they don't actually want his words. They don't want spiritual eyes. They are not interested. And why might they not be interested? Why are some people not interested in spiritual things? Well, think back on your own lives. I can remember a time in my life where the words of God were not good news to me. They weren't good news socially, not where I wanted to climb. They were not good news economically, not with the deals I wanted to make and where I wanted to move economically. These people that he's talking to have an economic interest, a social interest, in not listening to his words. Those words are not good news to him. Words like humility, words like forgiveness, confession, humbling yourself, taking up your cross and following me. These words are not good news to this audience. This audience of religious professionals who also believe that they are all in the good soil group. Every one of them. Why else would they be wealthy and healthy and wise? Clearly they're in the good soil group and Jesus is speaking this parable actually to them or to anyone who will have the ears to hear it. How about the words, you need a savior? Was that good news to these religious professionals? Not good news. I am saved, they would tell you, by my own works. I am righteous, I keep the law, I fast, I do everything it says in the law. I don't need a savior. I am able to save myself. Jesus speaks in parables because religious people love to argue with you. They kept coming to him with arguments. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? They want, what are they trying to do? Pick a fight. They're always trying, should we, can we divorce our wives for any reason? 
they're always trying to get him on the horns of a dilemma. They're trying to get so that they can have the floor. They love to argue. They love to prove their point. They love to dissect things with rhetoric and speech. Jesus is tired of arguing with them. Did they, argue, did they ever argue with Jesus after he told them a parable? Sometimes they, they discerned that he was speaking about them, but they actually never argued. There was no, there's no argument to a parable. So Jesus is a very wise man. He's tired of arguing. And he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before swine. Do not throw your pearls before the pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Were these people attacking Jesus? Absolutely, every chance they got. In fact, he starts telling parables when they did the inconceivable. They said he was doing miracles based on the power of who? Beelzebub. They said Jesus, the Son of God, is using the power of Satan to do his works. Therefore, all the good that he's doing is actually evil. Well, put yourself in this situation. If you had gotten healed by Jesus... And the professionals came and said, you, sir, have gotten healed by Jesus, but that actually wasn't God's power. That was the devil's power. How are you feeling now about your healing? You see the confusion that has been sown by these people, very, very destructive to Jesus' ministry. And Jesus, at this point, when they did this, it's inconceivable if somebody would say, David, you you are doing work based on the devil's power. That's one level of offense. And I, I can't imagine some, how offensive it would be to hear someone say that to me. For the Son of God to hear that, wow, wow. And to not just blow up. <laughs> but what he does, he sticks to the course, but he changes the way he speaks. He stops speaking to them plainly and he speaks to them in parables. They even know it. At the end they said, if you're the Christ, tell us plainly. They keep trying to to get him so that they can argue with him. If you really knew the scriptures, you would want someone like me. You should want someone with the goodness that I possess. But you're looking for a different kind of savior. You're looking for someone to save you economically, politically, to keep your high position, to make sure that you and your family and all your friends are in the wealthy group. That's not the kind of savior he came to be. But he is a savior. He is the savior. Whether or not this is the savior they wanted, 
whether or not this is the Savior we want, this is the only Savior. He's first going to help you with your heart. They didn't recognize it. They needed a Savior to help them with their heart. If your heart is not good soil, your life on this earth and for eternity is going to be very difficult. Why don't you throw your pearls before swine? What is the problem with telling everybody that you meet your incredible scriptural insights? Things that I'm telling you this evening, I don't tell to everybody I meet. Why? Can pigs appreciate pearls? Do they understand how expensive they are? They have no use for pearls. They can't eat them. Pigs are only looking for one thing, what they can eat and if they can roll around in some mud. Pearls have no value, meaning to them. So if you put your pearls before them, it says two things. One, they're going to trample them, which how does that make you feel? Not so good. Not so good. When you give what's holy to the dogs, when you bring your pearls before, I mean, this, the words of God, we have just read the words that Jesus has spoken. I don't read these to everyone. Because some people are not going to appreciate them. And not only am I wasting my time, it says they will trample them and turn and do what? Attack you. You've given them something they can't use. Jesus is saying, don't waste your time giving people what they can't use. You can give them a test. You can give them something and see if they're open to it. But if you spend an hour preaching to someone... He's saying, you're throwing your pearls before swine. They're going to trample these pearls. They're going to make you feel bad, and they're going to attack you. Which is actually a bit of a bridge. The fact that these swine are trampling the pearls. This parable is told three times. And when it's told in Luke, it says that the seeds that were sown along the road or beside the road were eaten by the birds and trampled underfoot. As we look now to the different types of soil, we want to consider the first type of soil that is sown along the road. Some of them it seems, fall on the road because they're trampled underfoot, and some of them are beside the road. But either way, what is characteristic about roads? How soft is that soil? It's hard. It's very, very hard. When I think about the road, I also think about Wide is the road and easy is the way that leads to destruction. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate. 
For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. When I think of someone on the road, someone who's walking by this seed, I think of someone who's busy, who's motivated, who's fast moving. The word is sown, but it's unnoticed. It's not even noticed. Was there a time in your life when the word was sown, it was there, But you walked right by it, did not even notice. It was available. Maybe even you remember someone speaking a word to you, or you you drove by a sign, a sign to a church or something that had a clever verse underneath it, something about the kingdom of God. You guys just had no time for it. Why, you had somewhere to be, something to do, And your motivation kept you moving down the road so fast that you couldn't pay attention. You couldn't notice that word. Your heart was hard. Your heart was hard. And now we look at the the rocky place. Many versions say the rocky ground or the rocky soil. Because of the way it's described, it is a large rock. And because it was windy in Israel, it would blow some dirt on top of a rock. So you'd have a dusting on top of the rock, maybe a depression, a pit in the rock. It would collect a little bit of dirt in it. Because what we find later when Jesus interprets this is there's no depth. And when I, when I read about rocky ground, I typically think of ground, soil with rocks in it. Well, that actually has depth. It just have to, you just have to go by the rocks. This particular type of ground, it, the word ground is not in the Greek. It's not in the original. It just says rocky. And I believe he means that this seed fell on a little bit of earth that was sitting on top of a rock. So the situation with this soil is that it is shallow. It has no depth. Hmm. You know, we often describe people as shallow. What are some characteristics of a shallow person? Let's just think of someone who you'd say, you know, or maybe even you used to be shallow. And when you're shallow, what kind of things are important to you? Parties, material things, yourself, thank you. (laughs) Movies, fun. Driven by feelings. Shallow people are driven by their feelings. 
If you feel something, you want to do it. You're hungry, drive through. You're thirsty, get a drink. You want to feel better about yourself, get a drug, get a drink, get someone, find someone, use someone. Shallow people think about themselves. They lack introspection. They lack introspection. They lack forecasting what this is going to mean in the future. They actually refuse to see it. Shallow people don't even want to see it. They just want fun today. They spring up fast. They don't have any depth. It's interesting. Everything in this type of person is above the ground. There's almost nothing below the ground. It's all show. It's all here. It's all fun. It's all me. And the second group, the rocky group versus the group in the thorns, you find that the attention here is on the plant. The plant shoots up quickly. It rises quickly. And then there's a bit of a play on words. It rises quickly, and then the sun rises. And what happens when the sun rises? It says it becomes scorched, and it withers. Because it, twice it says, has no depth of soil. And then it says, because they have no root in themselves. They have no root in themselves. You'd think it would say they have no root in God. They have no root in the scriptures. They have no root in themselves. Why is it important to have root in yourself? I believe what Jesus is talking about here is identity. To have a root in yourself, you know who you are. You know where you've come from. You know that you're a child of God. You know that you're going to be with him when you die. You know that your life is in his hands. You know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. To have a root in yourself is not necessarily pride. It's honesty. To have a root in yourself, to have an identity means you automatically know that you're a child of God. You automatically have a root in God. But this person, this person in the rocky place, the person with the shallow soil, the root is actually not in themselves. They have no identity. Their identity is in other people. Who do you say I am? Do you like me? How am I doing today? How am I looking today? Things okay? Party guy. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. You got my stuff? Hey, yeah. That's why when persecution comes, because of the word, people start teasing you. People start, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You're hanging out with those people. 
Oh, no, no, not me. Not me. I don't know. Why? You're always getting your identity from what people are saying, what they're thinking. That's this person, shallow. Got to have the people's approval. Got to, how am I doing? How am I doing? As soon as you get off alone and you get around some people who don't think you're doing well, you're going to go with them. Okay, I need, I need to be in this group. You're always depending on group mentality. You're, you don't have your identity in who you are and what you believe because it's the truth. You're always depending on other people to tell you you're okay. Now, a certain amount of that, we need accountability from others. We need to hear how we're doing. It's okay to ask them. But then you take that word and you take it to the Lord. Say, what do you say about me? I want to hear your words. He can speak through other people, but are you used to hearing his words? Let's say you're diagnosing yourself right now and you say, you know, I think I might be in that shallow group. I I do spend too much time wondering what people think of me. I'm concerned if I was to leave the group I'm in now and go to another group or move to a different city, I'm concerned that I actually may fall away. I may, like this person, I may wither. What does a withered person look like? Have you ever seen a withered person? What? I think of someone who's sort of ashamed. They kind of try to fit in, trying to fit in with whoever they can. Superficial. A lot of withered people are bitter. They're actually really angry. Life has not worked out like they thought. They've been trying to please every group they have gone to. But you know what? They are not pleasing the one person who needs to be pleased, the audience of one, their heavenly father, who will approve of them when they start walking along his path. He already loves them, but he can't give them his stamp of approval to what they're doing. They're trying to get approval from everyone else. They're trying to get approval from everyone else, just trying to survive in this world, just trying to make it to the end with just enough money to get by. I just got to survive here. That's a withered person, not an overcomer, not someone who says, you know what, I don't have to live like this. I am the head and not the tail. I'm a child of God. I have an inheritance. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I can pray and ask for what I want, and my father is not going to give me a stone or a snake. He is a good father. That's who I am. Those are the words coming out of my mouth. If you sense that you are someone who has this shallow soil, if that describes you, what might you want to do? You want to find some deep people, and you want to hang around them. You want to find someone who has depth, someone who sees with their spiritual eyes and hears with their spiritual ears, and you want to be around them because that's how you want to see. That's the words you want to hear coming out of your mouth. Desire for the word, fellowship with the people of God, pursuing truth. 
reading the word, meditating on the word, asking for accountability, asking questions. If you believe that you have shallow soil, you are going to want to listen more than you speak. You're going to want to listen more than you speak. These shallow people, they receive it with joy. The word fixes their problems. They were in a crisis. The word has gotten them turned around. Seems like it has solved all of their problems. They have sprung up, and they want to go on the lecture circuit and start telling everybody how to do it. But they have no depth. They're telling everybody, but now they're starting to receive approval from men, from women. Once you start getting approval, you start getting this dopamine chemical. I told you Jesus was talking about the brain. When you are speaking, when you are the center of attention, you are getting a lot of dopamine. And you may believe that that actually is the way life is supposed to be. And because you get dopamine, which is this brain chemical, it's the same thing we get with money, sex, power, chocolate, you know, ice cream. It gives us this, yeah, that's what I want. Cocaine, especially, big, big dopamine. Uh, meth, lots of dopamine. Hits the dopamine center of the brain and releases this powerful chemical. And all you can say is, I want more of that. I want more of that. So you come off of that, and now you start speaking. Or some people start eating too much, or whatever it is. You'll find another source of that dopamine, and it's not always healthy. And so what he's saying here, if you spring up too quickly, receive the word with joy. It changed your life. But now you're paying too much attention to what other people are thinking. You are in danger of withering when the storm comes. You're in danger that when the teasing, when opposition, when persecution comes, you've got no depth. You're, you're very quick to throw this out. But to get depth, and that's what Jesus is talking about here, you are going to spend time in his word, you're going to be asking him what he thinks all the time. John 12, 42 to 43, it says, Nevertheless, many of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. That's what we're talking about. They loved the glory of men rather than the glory that came, comes from God. Next kind of soil we're talking about is the thorns. The second group was a, a group of people who are focused on themselves. The group that's sown among the thorns, they're focused on other things. Now, these groups overlap, but the thorns, it doesn't even talk much about the plant. It just says it didn't yield a crop. It's focused on the thorns. 
And what are the thorns? Worries and cares of the world. Deceitfulness of riches. Desire for other things. These are people at one point who probably have deep roots. They actually can have deep roots. There's no problem with the soil. A problem actually is with the sunshine. The thorns grow up quickly and they don't allow you to get, they steal nutrients from your soil and they actually steal sunshine from you. So you will not have the energy, the spiritual energy. You have plenty of energy for money, sex, and power. You have plenty of energy for worldly things, for pursuing that woman that you need or that job that you need or that, those riches you need, that car you have to have. You've got plenty of energy for those things, but you don't seem to have a lot of desire for things of God. The beautiful thing about the thorns, what is characteristic of thorns when you get too near to them? They, you, they hurt. Jesus is giving you a clue. When something happens in your life, a financial situation, a relationship situation, a job situation that causes you pain, heartache, loss, look very closely with your spiritual eyes and ears. Listen with your ears, look with your eyes. Is it possible that's a thorn? That was a thorn. That was not God's will for you to pursue that. And someone with a soft heart, someone with a sensitive heart, with good soil, will say, I'm in the thorns. Ouch, I'm off in the thorns. And what do you do? You confess it. You, uh, you allow the Lord to forgive you, and then you move away from it. You repent, you renounce whatever you were chasing and say, I receive that as a correction. I receive that pain as a correction. I'm not angry with the girl who left me or the guy who left me or the job that they fired me from. I'm not angry with the person who betrayed me. I believe there was a message in that scenario that was a thorn. I was off in the thorns and it was crowding out my life and my spiritual energy. And now... I'm going to renounce that and I'm going back into the good soil. The thing about the thorns is that it's competition for God's word. All this dopamine, all this brain stimulation is a lot of competition for the word of God. You see, the word of God, the problem with the word of God, it doesn't give you a lot of dopamine. It doesn't give you the same thing that a movie or a video or a drug or a drink or chocolate, it doesn't, it doesn't give you that pop usually. Why not? Why not? Have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, why is it easier to talk to another person than it is to read your word? Why is it easier to watch a movie than it is to pray? Why did you make the brain that way? Why are you that way? You're, you're a God I cannot see. And 
And do you know that it's much more difficult to talk to someone you cannot see than someone you can see? Maybe you've never thought about that. It's the truth. Why would that be? What, if you're talking to someone you can't see, what do you get out of talking to someone you can see? What's the difference? The facial expressions. Thank you. You can see. You can see whether I'm actually glad to be with you. You can sense that I actually am enjoying talking to you. I like the topic. I like the subject. I like you. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's easier to talk to or to listen to somebody whose face you can see that you can autom- your mind is telling you that guy, he likes you. Listen to him. He's, he's, he's got some wisdom. He's sharing something. Well, listen to him. Now, with God, we can get that, but it takes more effort. It takes more energy. And that's why these thorns, anything crowding out, taking some energy, is going to make prayer or talking to God a lot more difficult. It takes more neurological energy for you to talk to someone you can't see. It's something that you have to do by practice. And as you practice it, as you do it day after day, night after night, continually, it will become easier. You will actually be able to see God's expression with your spiritual eyes. You will be able to hear his words and his tone of voice with your spiritual ears. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of soil that God is looking for, the good soil. So talking about the brain. Group number one, too busy. Too much dopamine. You don't even notice the word. Group number two, in a crisis, spring up. Lots of excitement. As long as everyone agrees with you. As long as they're looking at you. Maybe some pride. Maybe some pretending going on in group number two. Group number three is externally focused. A lot of fun, a lot of dopamine, a lot of things happening outside of you that you just want to be involved in. Cool things, fast things, things that are very exciting. Money, sex, power. We all in this room want to be in the last group, the good soil, where we're yielding a good crop We're yielding fruit 30, 60, 100 times what was sown into you. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those are growing in you every season. And because of that, people want to follow Jesus. They want to get to know you. They want to be around you. And they want to know why you have so much of those beautiful characters, character qualities, love, joy, peace, and patience. I want to finish there, and I want you to take some moments now with the Lord. Talk to him about where you are, what you've heard, where you get your dopamine, where you get your stimulation, 
If you need to make some changes, you can talk to him about that now. I'm going to give you a few minutes.